welcome to another edition of our World Cup breakdown for Qatar 2022. Belgium is the flavour of the day. I'm Luke Byron, joined as always by Tom Kennett. This was a late addition to our slate. Um, I had a few things to say. You have a lot to say <laughs> about Belgium, it seems. Um, I don't know if we have many Belgian listeners. I think we're big there. I think that's fair to say. <laughs> in the Flemish region. This year, actually, um, the biggest growth we've had has been in Germany. So there you go, see? There you go. All the um, Bayern Munich coverage we we do. <laughs> or maybe it was my Leverkusen mentions. Now, it's interesting how we're going to look at this here because when you look at the media in Belgium, there appears to be far less pressure on them to win than there is from everyone else in the world. They, so you know uh, Liverpool the whole time they're doing the title chase with City and I may be using the same thing. Anytime you you drop points, basically, it's like, well, look at them. How are we supposed to be competing (laughs) with that? And with Belgium, they just constantly quote the... um, populations of the nations that they're competing with and like we shouldn't be competing with these we have no right this is little old belgium we should have been rightly celebrated for finishing third and now you're saying we need to win this martinez has come out and said there is pressure because this isn't like we've had a major refresh and i guess it's something that you'll point Mm. out so the same players here are the same players that are kind of haunted by the Wales defeat and the Italy defeat, which we'll get on to. I was looking for some interesting facts about Belgium and probably a good thing to have for a country when if you search weird facts, fun (laughs) facts, probably the less that you can find of them, the better. A bit more straight-laced. Like, if you Google that for us... Oh, God. And... I mean, some of the most normal ones you have is that it, like it's legal for a pregnant woman to piss in a policeman's hat. <laughs> now it now it's like the reign of the prime ministers and this bloke's now gone into I'm a celebrity and so on and so yeah, on. Yeah, blimey. Mostly Belgian waffles, Belgian chocolate, <laughs> Belgian beer. Nice. I didn't know French fries are actually Belgian fries. The French cheated. just started calling them Feel French cheated. fries. They, show, they stole fries and they stole Stella. Like, Belgian fries are their national dish. And it's basically just loaded fries. Like It's oh, French lovely. fries and oh, they claim they have the perfect balance of crisp outer coating, soft potato in the middle. You're getting me hungry now. A yeah. um, couple of other things though. Three, fel- three famous Belgian comics, Tintin, the Smurfs, and Lucky Luke were all created in Belgium. Asterix and Obelix were also created there. I don't know if you read those when you were younger. I thought that was French as well. Jeez. I love them. Maybe Well, I read Asterix. So I assume there isn't a separate one unless they just completely nicked you it. You are probably right. No, no, probably right. Um, the Belgian divorce rate is the highest in Western Europe. <laughs> See, it's not all good news, lads. Well, too many people get in on their chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> and the beer and it's just too much the beer's too good he's come home and get out of here I don't know if you've ever continued with The Sopranos like there's a there's slow a, progress there's a very like minor storyline in one of the latest seasons of this guy who has a fat wife 
<laughs> and, and he wants her to get fitter for her because she always complains about being big but then some of the other guys are like insulting her and he finds out and it's the whole Sopranos thing of look he disrespected me this can't stand yeah but I have just this image of all of these divorces (laughs) he goes out one day and he comes back and she's just eating all his chocolate (laughs) while she's in the washing machine Um, I've just if this is what's happening in Belgium all these divorces the chocolate must be ridiculously high divorce rate. If bear in mind, what is it? Ours is like 50%, I think, is it? <laughs> <Yeah>. So <laughs> it's brutal. Um, the Belgian national symbol is a peeing boy. That seems odd. He he was naked in most variations and now they just chuck like different outfits on him. Woke culture, eh? But there's all these just fountains of just this kid pissing. Jeez. Belgians are accredited with inventing the body mass index, BMI. Okay. So they're responsible for the Wii Fit and thousands of kids worldwide thinking they have a new games console just to step step on it and being told they're obese. (laughs) That's what they started the slippery slope to get It's no wonder, look, they brought this in. Divorce went through the roof. (laughs) Why is it being bought a Wii Fit? What are you trying to say? Game over. I do remember being bought one of them and then very quickly everyone I knew that had one. Most kind of play it sitting down. (laughs) You didn't need to be... food on the side. Yeah, you didn't need to be playing the Wii. The novelty of those wore off quite quick, didn't it? Yeah. Shame. When people realised that you could just shake it and not actually have to stand up and be swinging it like you're playing (laughs) tennis or whatever. Now, a lot of familiar faces in this Belgium squad... Mm just to run through the ones that most of us will have heard or seen Courtois Mignolet um, great backup keeper yeah. great guy Jan Vertonghen Alderweireld uh, Walt Face who's at Leicester now Mounier Timothy Castagna De Bruyne Tielemans Onana Axel Witzel Leander Dengdonka who seems to just be at a different club every time I see him you can still make the squad as well. Yeah. Quite incredible, already. Yannick Carrasco, Thorgan Hazard, Eden Hazard, Charles de Catelaire, who big move to AC, hasn't quite kicked off yet. Leandro Trossard, who we saw the king doing his celebration <laughs> in a promo video today. Um, Dries Mertens, Jeremy Doku, one who we were talking about expecting a big boy. move for this summer. Um, Romelu Lukaku and Mishu Batshuayi, still in there. Now that must be... For the personality, <laughs> it must be just he had the Connor Cody role. Chadley wasn't cutting it anymore. Chadley has not made this. He squad. had a good run. Twenty six men. Chadley's not making the squad. Roberto Martinez in charge. Eden Hazard is captain. Fly <laughs> me. Qualifying record: played eight, won six, drew two, scored twenty five, conceded six. It's not bad. Third place at the last World Cup. So. A lot of the big teams we're going to see playing a three at the back. So it's not in the same way we used to see it. And well, the outliers now, we're seeing less play four, particularly in international football where we realised just to not go in expecting a fast pace, yeah. free-flowing football. Yeah. Three four two one is the staple under Martinez. And the 4-2 of that formation is like two wing-backs a box-to-box midfielder and a double pivot with an attacking midfielder. Witzel, we know, is going to be that guy. 
kind of holding the team together. De Bruyne and Hazard are going to be beyond the striker. Carrasco is going to be at wing back, probably Mooney on the other side, Courtois in goal, and then a couple of the older lads in in defence. In between drawing their pension, Toby and Jan will yeah. be playing ball. I get, for all the uncertainty as to how they may do, one thing they do guarantee is goals. Um, they've scored in all but two of their competitive games under Martinez since he came in in 2016. One of those was against France in the World Cup semi-final and the other was in the Nations League this September against the Netherlands. So to describe it simply, they have like four or five flared attacking players beyond the big man up top and then what they hope is a resolute defence. Yeah, and when you've got a player like De Bruyne there... You should be able to create chances, shouldn't you? It's yeah. Gonna be interesting to see how Hazard looks. Obviously comparing in mind not only getting game time at Madrid. No. How will he look for them? How much can he play? And then like tactically for Lukaku, that fits his style pretty much perfectly. Mm. they he's got width constantly bombing down and they either fizz it into his feet or they put it across the box. But ideally, he says the reason he enjoys playing with them is everything is catered towards a one-touch finish. He doesn't have to do much else than put it in the back of the net. For the best for him, bless him. Yeah. The weakness then, as we said, is the age of the squad. Mm. Many of these, as we said, have been part of previous failures. Belgium were the oldest team at Euro 2020 and they're starting 11 in the round of 16 winning against Portugal on an average age of over 30. The back three that year was 101 years old combined. It's pretty much the same back three. Yeah, yeah. And Lukaku has a lack of minutes coming into the Euros by the fact that he's been nursing a thigh injury. He's not started a game since August. Yeah, not that he's flying. It's going to be interesting in a lot of these groups because some... It's never easy, but some teams have the luxury where they can almost warm into it. Mm. When you've got Croatia, Canada in there, they can't really afford to do that and kind of rest players on the way in. They really need everyone firing from the get-go. Yeah. Yeah, because as much as you say about a lack of expectations back home, I still think if you get off to a bad start, there's... yeah. They're obviously going to be expecting to get out of the group. But I think some of the thing about when I was reading about the Belgian sort of press is that there's kind of a feeling that this generation has missed the boat. And so as a result, you've probably got some sort of, I guess, apathy about it, sort of thinking, wow, we've missed our chance now. But that doesn't mean they won't get very angry if you do yeah. underperform still. I think you know, all it takes is getting out of the group and looking good, I think expectations can quite quickly raise again. As much as they may not be as mental as our press, I think it's quite quickly you can sort of change your mind again. Well, I I felt even in this country, and I think Jamie Carragher wrote a big piece on it, and you spoke about it actually with the main thing that Southgate had going in his favour was goodwill. Hmm. And the difference of people were somewhat jokingly doing the it's coming home thing last tournament to the point where it was draining by the end of it. (laughs) But there was a lot of um, just good favour. Like people who weren't generally interested in football, even if it was the national team, were getting involved to be a part of something. And you look this time around and it's kind of, well, we didn't win that final. 
everyone's told me we're worse now, so why would I be interested? Yeah, it's almost like you've got to win people back over, isn't it? Which is very fickle. But And then you add that in with the feeling towards this tournament already, and there may be a thing of people just, just get me back to... Yeah, I was, I was reading the thing as well with regards to Martinez that supposedly he's sort of struggled to sort of um, create a connection between himself and, and Belgium as a whole. But then on the same article, they were saying about how much he's gone into sort of like coaching in in there and at all levels of the, the Belgian Federation that he's had an influence. And a lot of the players have started doing coaching badges via Martinez as well. So it seems a little bit weird that that's the case. They all basically acknowledge he's done a good job and that he cares about it. And yet they still see there's a bit of a disconnect, whether it's just a, a cultural thing or, or whatever. As people sure. said that Belgians put supposedly a little bit more sort of cynical and pessimistic than Martinez is quite positive, whether that's a, a thing that just doesn't match as well. I don't know. Do you think that could be part of it? It's maybe similar to Brendan Rogers at Leicester. So the whole time where we were talking about sacking him, they effectively acknowledged we don't know if we're going to be able to get someone better than this. <laughs> yeah, so why yeah. would we get rid of him now? Yeah, definitely. And maybe that's the thing with them that they may think oh, this generation, we should be doing better. But also, you look around at the options. And even so, you look at the managers of England and Brazil, two of the biggest names in football, and you look that Tite and Gareth Southgate are in charge. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's very rare. The fact that we singled out Luis Enrique on our Spain podcast, there's very few that are able to do that. You're essentially taking in someone who's not been able to cut it at club level yet or someone who's on the way out and is basically going to a three-day week before they retire. <laughs> yeah, typically it tends to be the older sort of manager, doesn't it? The Martinez is probably outside of a situation where like Enrique or Mancini, where it's their country. Martinez is probably the highest level of club manager an international team could get, I reckon. Yeah. I think any, if you're better than Martinez, you'll back yourself to get a good club, wouldn't you? Well, we, we were promised for a while. I'd say promised. But <laughs> in where we've got this phase now of players coming through and being managers, the headlines pointed towards for the, this tournament really moving forward. We were going to get the likes of Wenger and Jose and Klopp was going to be the Germany manager yeah. and Zidane was going to come in and be the French manager. That would be mad. And we were going to get all of these kind of, I mean, Zidane just kind of does what he wants anyway, but yeah. the likes of Wenger and Jose, the guys who are like, I kind of just had enough of this at club level now. And we were going to get the names like this with the pedigree. And it hasn't really happened like that. So yeah, as, as you say, outside of Luis Enrique, it's not like we had Conte at Italy for a while. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. there isn't really anyone that you can look to like that. It's essentially, I don't know, the, the players often get off quite lightly with failures for national teams. And we do, oh, yeah, have, yeah, yeah. Um, I guess it's like well, the club football as well, to be fair. But, but yeah, but look, we're massively guilty of it in this country, aren't we? Yeah. If we fail here, Southgate's getting the bullets, not yeah. going to be the players. And maybe that's the same as to how it's going to be for Martinez. And even more so that if he doesn't have that uh, identity, as you said, yeah, and I do wonder with him, with an ageing squad, is he going to change it in terms of like, he's got quite a clear identity of how he likes football to be played. I know there's been some examples of them going a little bit more low block, and a bit more gritty, but is he going to really subscribe to that? Probably not. He's probably going to carry on trying to play the way he does. Kind of the thing that kind of ended up seeing him get paid for at Everton, where he's trying to still play this brand of football. Definitely obviously hampered him at Wigan, where eventually <laughs> he ran out and was like, this team isn't good enough to try no. and play total football, mate. 
They need De Bruyne to step up. They need Courtois to step up. And if you, with, yeah, with that, if you were to say he, I mean, Lukaku in theory should be, but probably De Bruyne and maybe Courtois are the only players probably in their prime at this point. De Bruyne's going to have to drag the team probably more than we've seen him have to do, at either international or club. But we've seen him do it in moments, but how for a whole tournament, this is a huge tournament for him. I was going to say about this, it, it feels to me that really in the last 18 months, people have started looking at De Bruyne differently. And I think as soon as you start getting mentioned in that best, mid, best Premier League midfielder ever conversation, we're just expecting a bit more. And previously, I think he could have got away with, um, oh, well, that's not his game. Yeah. In the same way that Ertzil yeah. could get away with it and very different players, I know. I'm not sure this time around it's going to happen. I think it's going to be well, you're the guy that should be dragging us, yeah, yeah, dragging us forward in, in the same way that maybe Harry Kane is going to get it this time around yeah. and yeah. so many others. So maybe that'll help him, maybe that'll hinder him. And he has been accused of, you know, going missing in big games before, hasn't he? So it's yeah, yeah. huge run by uh, yours truly, the uh, more so. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be, a, it's a huge run for him and I was thinking as well, it sounds crazy, we've said it about a few players now, but it feels like a big opportunity for Trossard. If you look at the form he's got coming into this, all it, again, it seems very offensive to his club, but he can go from being a very good Brighton player to a breakout star. Well, we had a conversation and I asked it probably second week of the season. Hmm. Yeah. What's the best club that Trossard can play for? And I think not even disrespectfully because it's a big club in England. I think I said Spurs and I think we were kind of, yeah, yeah, I could, and then like he was linked with Arsenal in the summer, and it was always, um, well, he'd be a good guy to have in the squad, but he's not going to be starting over Saka or, or Martinelli and so on. His flexibility helps him an awful lot in that he is willing to muck in, as we pointed out when we spoke about Cucurella's issues at centre back. <laughs> I don't know. I looked down this squad, Courtois. This was the projected starting eleven on ESPN. Courtois. Debast, Alderweireld, Vertonghen, Mounier, Witzel. That's so old. Yeah. <laughs> so, so old. Witzel, Tielemans, Carrasco, Hazard, De Bruyne, Lukaku. Now, Carrasco, I know, plays wing-back. Now, that's what a lifetime Atletico will do for you. <laughs> but, like, that's as good an international eleven yeah. as you're going to see. And I thought this, reflecting on our own, when I was looking at the Portugal one, when we did that there's a lot of teams actually better than we're giving them credit for. Agreed. That actually looks like um, a proper lineup as well. That's not a team on paper that's full of tens. That's not a team on paper that's full of fullbacks. That's not a team on paper that's full of. Doesn't look like they've done the international thing where you go, here's our 11 best players. Yeah. Figure out how we're going like, to work it. It's an actual team. Very clearly a thought out team. I've got the slow centre-backs there, so I'm going to have someone in front of them that can carry the ball out of defence and the guy that can spread the game open. I've got this guy here in midfield that can press people down, but he can also score goals. I've got this guy here. Who can it's a nice this- blend, isn't it? Yeah. Quarters they've got, yeah. Everything there. So maybe we're, maybe we're writing them off in the sense that, look, they've failed these times before because when we're talking about an England team, we're essentially, people are saying, well, Maguire's played with Stones for two tournaments now so they've got an understanding 
yeah. this team then has understanding right the way through it. It's a double-edged sword, isn't it? Yeah, because as much as people are going to say, I mean, probably even more than Southgate, he's been loyal to some of his sort of untouchables, if you will. There is something to that loyalty, there's something to that togetherness of this team that it's hard to replicate with most international teams that they're going to they're have. It's just whether, are they a bit jaded or are they going to say that these past failures are going to inspire us? Yeah, looking at the new names in there, you've got Face, Onana, Diketelaer and Doku. Because even the rest of the bench players, you're looking at... Even Doku's got experience from the last one, yeah. hasn't he? I mean, it's a really good player then. Essentially, I mean, he's not... But he's m- fresher, he's, isn't he? He's not yeah. Mertens. Yes, and- yeah, yeah, exactly. He's not, I guess Castagna's probably uh, somewhere in the middle, but he's not Dendonka. And there was that spell in the years where they started just throwing the ball to Doku. It was like, let him go and beat a man. And I will be curious to see if they do have a game where it ends up going like that again, because he's an exciting player to watch in that sense. And let's face it as well, if you mentioned Onana. If they're in a situation where 20 minutes to go, you need more legs in midfield, getting Onana on is going to be an absolute nightmare for whoever's yeah. playing. He's, he still haven't quite grasped how good he is yet which playing He's for Everton will do that strange yeah but th- there's something there for sure when you watch him you, there is something here have you seen the clips of him singing no he's got like the voice of an angel <laughs> like genuinely Blimey. like it, they're, they're, is it like an initiation song and suddenly no, like he's got like he, this incredible voice must have heard it and they're just recording TikToks of him singing and just him <laughs> laughing about how good he is at singing just one of those people that's just annoyingly good at everything fantastic how far are you tipping them to go? I mean, what well, a concern here is if they top the group, they get second from the Spain Germany group, don't they? So that's a tough gig. Either Spain or Germany in the last sixteen, it yeah. looks like, and then potentially Brazil or Portugal in the quarterfinals. <laughs> that's tough. I think they'd probably be the favourites against Spain. I think they'd probably be the favourites against Germany yeah, with the agreed. bookies. So I think a quarterfinals exit is probably a fair prediction. It's just whether you think what can go wrong will go wrong for them. And I think they score enough goals that I think they're going to be okay. I think I'll tip them to go go out last 16 okay. on the basis that I don't like that lack of game time for Lukaku. No. I think that's a big concern. Yeah, this was on the basis for me that the, yeah. the time off helped him. If you, him and Hazard are both going to be you know yeah. in bits so I, I don't think I'm not going to bat them to go we'll too far we'll have to far. wait and see but they're certainly going to be an interesting team to watch yeah yeah, yeah. everyone will be watching their games won't they yeah well that's another World Cup breakdown for you as I've said previously keep an eye on the feed there'll be plenty more to come before kickoff on Sunday and we hope you enjoy them adios